you're listening to How I See It, hosted by Han. You guessed it, that's me. I am here to motivate and inspire you with guests from all different industries and backgrounds. So get ready for personal stories of success, of growth, full of highs and lows, and of course, unapologetic realness. This is How I See It. Okay, you guys, guess who I'm with? (laughs) I'm back. Brittany's back. I'm like, you have to actually say something. They can't see you. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. My these episodes have become like some of my favorites. Like I look forward to us recording this episode. Well, I think it's just us being us, girls being girls. It really is. Uh, Okay, let's start out with affirmation in the spirit of the solo episode. So I'm actually going to read you guys the affirmations Brittany sent me this week. So I've been on the struggle bus this week and my bestie just came through with affirmations for me literally Monday morning before I woke up. It was honestly like a love letter from you. It was a love letter. Affirmations are a love letter. But this affirmation that she's about to read, I actually use every single morning and it was taken from a morning meditation that I do with this girl on YouTube and I found this to be super super powerful and grounding so do you know what uh the girl's name is on YouTube that you can share with people she's mostly a yoga instructor and but it's called her like in true form her YouTube name is boho beautiful so she does yeah wait no no hate to boho beautiful I'm sorry I don't know why (laughs) no it's her it's just like of course that's her YouTube name because what else would it be but she mostly does yoga videos and then she has a playlist that is like a 10 day meditation challenge you guys should check it out it's like 10 minutes per each one so it's super easy and they're guided and she provides these affirmations to and these mantras to meditate on. And this came from one that I do pretty much every day now. Yeah, I feel like these are the grounding ones. Like this is the good stuff. So Brittany literally sent me this text. I'm just going to read your text verbatim. Hi, good morning. Ugh, like, <laughs> love you. Any type of good morning text is just beautiful, especially when it comes from your best friend. Because let's be real, like your best friend is like your true love. And so I woke up to this like sweet text from you and you said, sending my daily mantras for your toolbox. Today is a beautiful day of opportunity. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. I open myself to the universe, God, and trust in the unfolding of my life. So powerful. Gratitude, grounding, trust, surrender. It pretty like... (laughs) It hits. It hits every spot that's so difficult. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, I have to be honest, when you start repeating this to yourself as a mantra and an affirmation every single day, eventually you really do believe it. We talk so much about affirmations on the podcast. The common denominator in a lot of these healing journeys, it obviously looks a little bit different based on how people practice this, but like everyone swears by affirmations and people still think that it's bullshit when in reality it is not. And I think there was a, there was a point in my life where especially a couple years ago where I was just like having to repeat them over and over every second of the day. And I can say confidently that they work and that they do shift your mindset. So much of life is about faking it until you make it. I think in my very first episode, I talked about how every single accomplishment in my career has been because I faked it until I made it. (laughs) And I think that it goes that way with affirmations sometimes too. Even if you aren't believing it, when you start, eventually it'll just 
sink in and, and yeah. take. Yeah. I love how it starts that today's like a beautiful day of opportunity. In the yeah. last episode that just went live, we were talking about like how much how much beauty is in the stillness based on like that girl's book. And it's it's not something I've thought about in a while, but like it is beautiful. I think repeating that to ourselves however we can not only is a good reminder, but it's allowed me to be, I don't know, in gratitude this week, especially in uh, the spirit of Thanksgiving. You are the biggest Thanksgiving stan. No one loves Thanksgiving as much as Hannah, you guys. I genuinely don't think they do. I should have worn my turkey beanie for this episode. Wait, I have. Wait, do you have it available? Yeah. Absolutely. Go put it on. Also, I'm just going to ignore the fact that there's Christmas decor in the background of your video right now. I skip right over Thanksgiving. Oh, shit. The turkey beanie is out. Does it look weird with the headphones? I don't give a fuck. I'm keeping it on. I don't, I'm not sure it's the headphones that are making the turkey beanie look weird. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, to Brittany's point, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. And I think that this year, as me and Brittany have talked about multiple times on the podcast, this year's been a bitch. She's been out for blood. She's pushed me in the best ways, but it's been a little scary over here. And so I think coming on Thanksgiving has been interesting for me this year because it is my favorite holiday and it is because it is based in gratitude. I've had to really remind myself like this week and the last couple weeks, like there's so much to be grateful for. Life is so beautiful, even when it's hard. Yeah, for sure. I think that Thanksgiving this time of year starts the whole year in review process where people start realizing like, oh shit, the year is ending. And it kind of starts that process of looking back a bit and seeing what's happened this year. And yeah, to your point, and I think this is, we've heard this from so many people across the board. This year has been brutal. I have been brought to my knees and I'm going to be like clawing my limp body over the finish line of this year. But honestly, I think that it's gratitude that enables you to keep going. I think that there's so much beauty in the breakdown. And I actually, the other day had a full-blown like emotional tell them about the car situation so I had basically received some like shaking emotional news and I wasn't processing it in a way that I feel like I should have and I was recognizing in myself that this was like a defense mechanism disassociation happening and it wasn't healthy that I wasn't processing these emotions or like letting myself cry about it or even confront the reality of that news the next Mm -hmm. morning I am like, okay, we got to get up and keep going. I go outside to get into my car to go to work. And my window is completely broken in my car. My steering wheel is like taken apart. There's a crowbar in my car. (laughs) Someone had legitimately tried to steal my vehicle in the night. And I was just beside myself. I just walked back inside and I was like, okay, time to go into go mode. Like, get the glass people repair here, like call insurance, figure this all out. And I still wasn't really processing. I was in go mode. So like disassociating heavily, like driving my car around to all the shops. And then I had this moment when I got back to my apartment and I really like sank into how shitty this was where I was just brought to my knees. Like this car situation brought on a full-blown emotional breakdown that was genuinely me like grieving the last five years of my life this situation is like a metaphor for this yes and honestly 
And it's so funny because people think I'm insane, but I'm like, I'm so grateful that the car situation happened because I have like an emotional, like come to my knees moment like that, like once every like five to seven years, this is not like a regular occurrence. This was like a, I am full blown brought to my knees by the universe moment. And I stood up from this like 10 times stronger. And I'm so grateful for that car situation because yeah does it suck sure but no one got hurt it's not life ending like I'll get through it but it brought on the most like tragic and beautiful breakdown and I I'm trying not to sound dramatic but like I genuinely feel reborn like the culmination of that emotional news followed by just this moment of complete surrender I think that these really tough years and these really tough moments when you finally are like brought to your knees it's in a tragic but beautiful moment of complete surrender to exactly where you are right now and bringing it all the way back to the mantra and the affirmation you are always exactly where you need to be Yes. God, this is why you're my best friend. That was yes. Um, No, it's funny because I feel like the people who are listening who are like, this is so, if they are being like, she's so dramatic. It's like, well, I encourage you to think about the last time that you broke down like this. And I think that for most people, it's not very often. I think we get so used to going, 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 pushing down how we feel. I've caught myself like, on the verge of tears a lot this year and not letting myself cry. We've talked so much about this because it's just like, you don't want to go there. You don't want to feel that. It's almost like sometimes we feel like we're in competition with life or this like standoff. Like you're not going to, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to go there. I'm going to keep pushing. The car situation and just those moments where we're like, what the fuck? Like I'm literally taken down to my knees are God, the universe telling us like, sit the fuck down and listen and take a second. A hundred percent. And I think it's these tougher moments where you really get to put yourself to the test and the constant work that you're doing on yourself. I think it was my willingness to allow myself to be brought to my knees and to cry and to have that moment. I, that really showed myself that I've been doing really good work on myself You know, three years ago, something like that would have thrown me off for weeks of my life. And it would have been, woe is me. I'm such a victim, blah, blah, blah. But I think that it was a really good opportunity for me to show myself just how much work I've done and how resilient I've become through all of these hard times and all these adversities. I was telling you and telling my mom that that breakdown was like, how marathon runners are so, so, so strong when they're going through it. And then when they cross the finish line and recognize it, they collapse. Yeah. That breakdown brought on by the car situation, grateful for it because it was my collapse at the finish line. And I genuinely feel like the chapter that I just closed out, like the car situation allowed me to grieve, grieve. Yeah. The car was just the trigger. And I think this is a good reminder too. Like for us, we were joking about this. Like, let's try to not, like have to have these cars like type situations to get us to feel the feels like yes I'm a strong believer that like God will just keep throwing shit at you to get you to feel something if you're like Mm -hmm. avoiding it yes that's what it really felt like and I I look at that situation and I'm not pressed about the money I'm not pressed about the headache or not having a car for literally three weeks but like I said we won't mention that 
because honestly, I'm so grateful for like the emotional release that that triggered for a lot of stuff that I've been holding on to for a long time. I mean, the reason the podcast exists, the reason why I started it is because I feel like we kid ourselves into feeling like we're very alone in these things. And like, if this doesn't do it for you, like, let me just tell you, every single person in my life is on the struggle bus right now. Like Mm -hmm. everyone's out here just trying to make it this year. And especially we just got out of breakup season and so many of my friends are single. So many people that you know have like gotten out of relationships and we just passed the breakup cycle. Not only is it cuffing season, everyone, but cuffing season came at the heels of uncuffing season. The fun of summer was done and half Mm -hmm. of the people were like, I actually can see myself with you. Like, let's take this to the next level. And the other half of the people were like, summer's done this is no longer a fairy tale and I do not want to enter winter with this person I'm out yeah and we respect their realness but it seems like this breakup season was very broken and I feel like we have to get into like our belief system about breakup season and cuffing season because you may be listening thinking like okay yeah breakup season cuffing seasons no we have months we have actual timelines where this happens I would say, tell me if you think differently, that breakup season is September through November, but specifically mid-November, not the end of November. It has to be before Thanksgiving. I agree. We know like eight people. We know like eight people that broke up. Yeah. And we're not talking about like little situationships ending. I'm talking about like seven year relationships ending. Mm -hmm. I'm talking Mm -hmm. about engagements being broken off. We're yeah. talking about people in long-term commitments being like not entering winter with Yeah, you. which is like, you know, it's good because you shouldn't drag someone that you're not into through Thanksgiving and the holidays and then be like, you know, we're done. Because then Happy they're going to spend Year. money. We're broken yeah. up. <laughs> well, we'll get to that because there's another breakup season that happens end of January and February. I'm a strong believer that there is a second wave of the breakup season. The big one is September or no, no. Yeah. September, October, November. The mini one is end of January and right before Valentine's day. We are now in the precipice of coffee season. I respect the strategy. Like I respect the forethought. It's I'm getting out before the holiday season. I can save some money, save some grief. Don't have to deal with the family. Same thing. Like I'm going to get out before Valentine's day, not mislead this person. Mm -hmm. The holidays, the holidays are fun, but if your relationship is on the rocks, you are likely facing either round one or round two of potential. (laughs) That's so true because like there's another part of it too. Like you don't want to feel guilty if they got you a good gift. You know, and then also I think the second wave breakup season is about like resolution, like new year, like people are in their feels, they're thinking about things. And so they're like, (laughs) it's funny that you mentioned the gift giving thing. I'm going to do a little personal share because I have not been in a relationship. I don't even think I've ever told you this, Anna. I have not been in a relationship for a very long time. Like I have elected to be single for the last five years because my last Mm -hmm. relationship was toxic and I was toxic too like let's toxic sparkles (laughs) however you know I'm totally responsible for that level of toxicity too but in the gift giving situation Uh 
I got broken up with right before Valentine's Day because as as you do, I was a part of wave two, round two. But my birthday is 10 days before Valentine's Day. So my birthday rolls around and he had to get me a gift. Like it was my birthday. So he was waiting until after my birthday, but before Valentine's Day, you know, that little window. Because I had gotten him, like he's obsessed. He was like obsessed with like steak, meat, protein, whatever. I bought him like <laughs> Omaha steaks, which are these super nice like mail order steaks. Like, Wait, I'm sorry. We just need to address the fact that you bought steaks. You are not a meat eater at all. He was like the biggest carnivore. And so like biggest love letter possible was to send him these like premium filet mignon steaks. Like they are like... <laughs> the best of the best. And so I got them for him and they were delivered to his place. And so then we get together for Valentine's day and he literally, this was my joint Valentine's day birthday gift. It was more my birthday gift than it was a Valentine's day gift. I open this box. Like I send him this nice thing. I write this whole card. He shows up with like an unwrapped like bag. Like it literally could have been like a supermarket bag. And in there were just like sex toys. There was like, There was like, he was like, happy birthday and happy Valentine's Day. And it was like handcuffs, a whip and a feather tease and like, like restraints. And I was like, oh my God. These weren't even sex toys that you could use alone. (laughs) No, like at least get me a vibrator so I can have fun when you break up with me. You're buying me things that I can literally only use with you. And then you promptly break up with me five days later after buying me like handcuffs and like duct tape for the bedroom are you That's serious so you are a victim of the second wave breakup season so there's I our am. proof so we are entering cuffing season now but i think it's notable to mention that if you are in a situationship right now you don't have to worry because most likely both parties will hold on to each other during this time period as an act of uh illusion to make them feel better during this season. I am full blown <laughs> right exactly in that sweet spot in a situationship. I know I'm actually pumped to be going into this winter season like half cup. And this is where we're going to bring a little spice to this conversation, but you haven't heard this before. There is a half cuff season. There is cuffing season. I would say the only thing better than being half cuffed is actually being fully cuffed without fear of falling into second wave. We are obviously not. And so we are going to be talking about half cuffing because you really are there. And if you're half cuffed, you don't have to worry about first or second wave of breakup season. And you know what? I also don't have to worry about gifts. Like I don't have to worry about gifts. I don't have to worry about plans. Like I don't have to worry about if you're not texting me during the holidays. Like I'm not worried about shit. And it's great. It's a great place to be. I mean, the only, obviously like, at my point in life, like I'm almost 30, I, I really should be looking for like a full cuff situation. You are, you are. But yeah. this is why I said like the only thing better is like being in a seriously committed relationship that is not, you know, in risk of falling to the second wave. I will say though, selfishly, it's been so nice to be half cuffed and to just watch everyone like fall apart. either fall apart or fall intensely together and I'm just like vibing in the in-between we're just witnesses to it all yeah I love it I love it but I felt like we really needed to expand on the breakup and cuffing season because I don't think people are actually aware that there are strict months that this happens so if you're listening and you're like 
is it going to happen for me? Am I going to get with someone? Probably like if it's going to happen, it's going to be during this season or after February. But if you're in an insecure relationship, maybe there's some problems. If you've gone past this wave, like you're good for now. You're good for now. For now. (laughs) (laughs) Gratitude. (laughs) You're like, yeah, stay alert. You're good for now. But maybe not in a couple months. And then forget it. If you're going into summer and you're dating a guy who's like got wandering eyes, like tons of girls in bikinis all summer, you're back on ice again. (laughs) I think this all ties back into the affirmation. Surrender. (laughs) Listen, I actually have a different philosophy on this than most women. And I want to say, again, these are really good opportunities when you get into romantic stuff to check yourself and see to yeah. put the work that you've done to the test, me from eight months ago would not be okay being in this situation where there's like no answers. There's like yeah. fully in between, no commitment, nothing. Like I would not be okay with that, but because I have committed hardcore to like my self-worth issues and like fixing my attachment issues, like I am vibing. Like I don't feel the need to get a label from this guy. Like He's consistent. The sex is good. He's cooking me meals. Like he's communicative. He's funny. He's great. You've been doing the work enough to where you recognize now that there's choice. There's a choice to what you decide to be in, what you decide to submit to, what you decide to put yourself through. And I think kind of going into what you were talking about earlier, like I've been single for a while and I think like by choice for the last two and a half years, I've been doing the work on that part of myself. And I think that It's important to remember, especially as a woman who's dedicated to herself and her work and doing the work, the coolest, dopest women are single. Yeah, for sure. And I think also like all these women who are out here being independent women and who are okay being single, it's because we're not settling for anything less. And I think that part of the reason why I'm okay being half cuffed is because if you're going to stay, you're going to stay. And if you're going to leave, you're going to leave. And it's not my job to convince you either way. And I know that I am going to be completely fine no matter what. If you want to go, you can go. And if you want to stay, you're welcome to. Yeah, it's all choice and self-worth. And I think like moving into the holidays, there's a lot of pressure for people, I don't know, to submit to something they don't want to do or stay in something they don't want to be in or maybe they're feeling lonely and almost triggering themselves like I should feel bad that I'm alone during these holidays and I just think we have to try our best not to go to that place I think it's only natural to feel lonely during the holidays but I think remembering and reminding ourselves that like we are where we are right now there's a plan, surrender to that. And like, you have a choice and you have a choice in what you're doing. And there's a power in waiting and knowing what you deserve. And I don't know, I feel like the holidays is a little trickster, always trying to get us to feel bad about our situation. I know the holidays are tricky. They always bring up so many intense emotions. I think that this is a topic that I think has been spoken about more recently and candidly on social media, but the holidays aren't a super fun time for everyone and I think that if you're in a complicated relationship it's really tough to like go and then like put on a good face around friends and family during gatherings I think it's hard if you're single to like look around and see everyone who's happy and and leaning on loved ones I think it's hard for everyone in different ways people with complicated family situations but I think that staying 
just thankful and being grateful for everything you do have and not focusing on all the things you don't have will get you through the holidays. I love that you said that, like focusing on what you do have instead of what you don't. We do it all the fucking time. We're Mm -hmm. always constantly thinking about what we don't have, what we haven't achieved yet, what relationship we're not in or want to be in, uh, what we wish our family would look like. Um, I think this year I felt so empowered to do my own Thanksgiving this year. And like, it's just felt like right and aligned for me to do this year is have my own Thanksgiving here and not go back home. And it's felt really good to like put that boundary up for myself. And it all goes back to choice. Like, I think that we all have a choice to submit to the negative chatter in our heads or submit to the negative situations we put ourselves in and like choose to see the bright side instead of wishing we had a different situation. I feel a good holiday season coming on for us. Yeah. And I'm really proud of you for communicating effectively and unemotionally to your family about your wishes surrounding this holiday season and how you were going to host your own Thanksgiving and, and do what's kind of best for your mental health. It's not always easy, but it's just a reminder to everyone listening that you as an adult, like don't have to go to the, every family function. You don't have to go to every party, every gathering. If you're not feeling it, just do what's most honoring of the way that you're feeling right now and your own mental and emotional health. That's going to be much more beneficial to you than just doing what everyone else wants you to do just because you've done it in the past or just because that's what everyone else is doing. Yeah, I think there's a lot of guilt involved too, right? Because like I love my family and like I was, I think a lot of um, me putting that off was like, oh, I don't want to go. I don't have the bandwidth to go. My mental health isn't in a place where I can handle that type of chaotic of a situation. But like, I don't want them to be pissed at me. I don't want them to think I hate them or that this is a diss. This is just a good reminder and like the reason why I'm being candid about it. Everyone has shit going on behind the scenes, whether it's with family, whether it's in a relationship. We look to other people, especially with social media, like, oh, that couple looks perfect. That family looks perfect. And you just have no idea what's going on behind closed doors. And I think it all comes back to just being grateful for what you do have. And I love that you brought that up. Yeah, it's so easy. I think everyone just by human nature tends to focus on the one gap mm-hmm. in or like the one part of your life, the one pillar that seems to be lacking. And you neglect to focus on all the other things that you're doing just fine in. And I think that redirecting your focus helps in so many ways mental health wise and emotional health wise, but also helps to keep you present in this exact moment and make absolutely no mistake about it. The present moment and gratitude are the keys to happiness. Like that is where happiness lies, not in the thing that you don't have that you want or the thing that's a week down the road or a year down the road, the happiness and your peace, your sanity, the gratitude, it all lies like in the present moment. Yeah. And we always say it and people, you know, hear it a lot, but like what's meant for you will find you. It's all meant to be, it's all divine and you just have to stick it out in gratitude. I think that's how you get through it. Like that's how you get through these in-betweens. That's how you get through these pieces that you feel like are missing. You don't try to force stuff to happen. You don't sit in the like toxicity of want and need and what I don't have. You just try your best to practice gratitude and not settle for anything. Yeah. And I think that those of you out there who are manifestors like if you believe in that which I wholeheartedly do 
it just all works on energy. So if you are constantly focused on what you do not have by the laws of physics, that's what you're going to bring back to you. It's a lack mindset and it's so draining and counterproductive to you actually getting what you want Mm -hmm. to sit in that lack mindset. So redirect your focus to all the areas that you have so much amazingness in, even if that's just like the warmth of the sun on your face or like listening to the birds chirp in the morning, be grateful for all of those little things. They're all of life's little tiny blessings that make the process of life so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to ask you, what are some ways that you, we keep saying like, you have to stay grateful. You have to practice gratitude. What are some ways that you personally practice gratitude every day? So I think that the affirmations in the morning are so important. I think that it sets your day off right and reminds you to be grateful. And I think right then and there in that morning mantra, being grateful for just waking up and getting to have that day of opportunity before you. And I think that that is key. But Mm -hmm. I also, and I know it sounds corny, but I think that in the depths of when I was going through a really, really hard time during COVID. It was like peak. I mentioned earlier, like the last five years of my life have been really tough. Like this was like the peak of it. And in that moment, I realized to your point earlier, Hannah, like I have a choice. Like I can choose to lift myself up out of this, even though it might feel impossible now. And in making that choice, I pumped my life full of gratitude at every possible opportunity I got. And what that looked like to me was literally like going on a walk and hearing the birds chirp and being like, that's beautiful. Feeling Mm -hmm. the warmth of the sun on my face and being like, that feels amazing. I'm so grateful that I'm outside and like, I'm feeling the warmth of the sun. I would eat a good meal and be like, I am so thankful that this tastes so fucking good in my mouth right now. Like I'm so grateful for this meal. Like if you start being grateful for all these tiny, tiny, tiny little things, it builds up to be one big thankfulness for the life that you are living every day, even in the most mundane routine parts of your life. Like when I drive to work in the morning now, the ass crack of dawn, I look at the sun coming up over the palm trees and I'm like, that is beautiful. And I'm so grateful that I get to look at that on my drive to work. And if you start doing that, it becomes muscle memory at some point and you eventually build this unbelievable overflowing sense of appreciation, love and gratitude for the life that you're living, even in your most mundane routines. Yeah. I think like you have to match that negative chatter. Like match it with gratitude. I think for me, like everything you said, one of those things is affirmations and the other is gratitude. And I think for me, like I literally just start listing in my head, like if I were writing it down, like everything that I'm so thankful for. And like you just keep going on and on. And I think especially living in like a downtown area, I'm like working from a coffee shop, like, you know, just like listening to this negative chatter about how I'm not good enough or I'm not where I am or like, I'm scared of the future. And then I see like a homeless person walk by and I'm like enjoying my like coffee, my like almond milk latte from the coffee shop. And then I come home to like the apartment that I've curated. And I'm like, wow, like I love this apartment. I live in San Diego, California. Like, wow, that's amazing. What a privilege. You know, it sounds like nitty gritty, but I think we don't do it enough, like at all. Yeah. And I think that 
if you are a fan of journaling, I've seen a lot of people do this. I have personally never done this, but I think journal journaling is a really powerful tool. And I've seen people on Instagram and there's that five minute journal that yeah. I think has gone pretty viral tools like that, that starting your day off with just waking up, opening a journal and writing three things that you are grateful for in that moment or to embark on that day also helps to set the tone. It makes it tangible, makes you put it down, makes you put some thought and give actual dedicated time to write at the top of your morning and instilling gratitude into your day. Yeah. And I think a lot of, I've actually had a couple people ask me like, where do you find your affirmations? And I think like there's a lot of sources like you can do like YouTube videos, how you talked about, you can go on Pinterest, but also it's as simple as just figuring out the negative uh, or the opposite of your negative thought. So let's say I wake up and I'm thinking like, I'm not good enough and I am not like, I can't do this. The opposite of that is I am good enough and I am capable of doing anything I set my mind to. Like, just think about the negative thoughts that are intruding. Like, what's opposite? Like, what can you repeat that's opposite of that? Yeah, for sure. That's super powerful. It's so funny you say that, like, your darker time was in COVID because I feel like mine was too. Like, that was one of my pivotals. You know how you can, like, look back in your mental health journey and there's, like, a couple moments where you're like, oh, that was bad. Oh, that was bad. It was oh. – that was my – that was my turning point. And I think a lot yeah. of people – had really, really tough times with COVID. But I think that, you know, I was one of the only people left in New York City, like everyone left and I had nowhere to go. So my, you know, apartment in New York City home is wherever I make it now. So yeah, I had nowhere to go. And my dad was dying of COVID in the hospital. He is alive, thank God, but not without complications. And he was in the ICU um, I was getting daily calls from his care team. They were flat out telling me they weren't sure he was going to make it. My parents had just divorced and my family had imploded. It was a really dark time. But because I was alone for so many months, it really forced me to look inward. I had to really sit with myself with zero distractions. I had been living in New York City you know, disassociated and distracting myself for so long with drugs, with alcohol, with partying, with millions of people around me, never quite sitting with myself. And it really allowed me the opportunity to connect back to myself and to explore the shadow parts of myself. You know, we all are polarities. We have just as much shadow as we do light and you need to mm -hmm. honor single honor, acknowledge and work with every single one of those parts of yourself to be whole. And I think that COVID really gave me that opportunity. And again, a lot of darkness during that time with my dad and like just what was going on with the state of the world and the fact that it was a pandemic, but so much light came out of that darkness and gratitude really carried me through that as well. Yeah, we really met at like the perfect time. Like we both we had this like, we both had this like monumental COVID moment. It's like bad to say, like I am really thankful for that time, even though it was obviously so hard on the world and like mm -hmm. there was so much death. But like in my personal life, like I really needed that time. And that's Same. why I think both of us are such proponents of being in solitude and like really just pushing yourself to have those moments where you can look in the mirror and be like, what am I doing? Like, what are my toxic traits? And how can I acknowledge these and be able to move forward with them in a healthy way? Um, and I love that. And I feel like for me too, that was like my turning point. I had had so many low mo. I can look back and see like the low moments that took me to like the next layer and the next step. 
And then uh, the COVID time was for sure. The pandemic was for sure the like the turning point back up, which is nice. Yeah, I'm so grateful for that time. And like you said, it kind of feels fucked up at times to say, but I think that you have to find like that is like, like I said, the key to happiness and the key to life is finding the lesson, the opportunity for growth, finding the light in all of those really dark shadow times because you have to, the breakthrough comes after the breakdown. You have to, we're, like I said, we're polarities of everything. There is no light without dark. There's no good without bad. And understanding that and being at peace with that um, will, will lead you to a lot of peace. When we talk about it this way, it makes it sound like maybe it's like easy and it's definitely not <laughs> like, like I think we're talking about it in a helicopter view. Like there were days I didn't eat. There were days that I was just so close to the breaking point. Like it is a dark, dark journey. And like, oh, I was going to tell you this. This is the thing I was telling you that I wanted to get your like honest yes. opinion about. So in, in um, one of my dark spirals, like growing up, not during the pandemic, like I can remember having like a, lo- a low, low moment of depression, like probably when my depression was at its worst. It was probably, it was like at the end of high school. I saw this TikTok the other day that was like, if you've been depressed, like only if you've struggled with depression, will you understand this TikTok? But like everyone's had their Subway sandwich era. Oh my God. (laughs) I am fucking dead. I wish I could phone, I wish I could phone in my ex-roommate Alexa because she will understand this more than anything I lived in that time above a 24-hour subway sandwich they literally fucking knew my name like it was insane that's the most insane shit I've ever heard and honestly nobody ever tell me that humans are not all connected ever again because this proves it the fact that depression is somehow linked around this world to subway sandwiches like (laughs) don't ever tell me humans are not connected ever again the fact that subway is wholeheartedly supporting the depressed community (laughs) shout out to subway sandwiches thank you for keeping us somewhat nourished and fed during (laughs) depression wait isn't that weird though when he said that I literally laughed out loud because during that era of my life when I was just at that low in depression subway sandwich every day I swear to god I was driving my dad's old beat up explorer because I had just gotten my license and I didn't have a car yet and my dad had this like old green explorer the windows didn't roll up at all there was like oxygen tanks like rolling around in the back because he works in um hospice dme and there was a sticker on the back of the car that said jesus freak and i'm just riding around (laughs) depressed as fuck on the way to subway getting my tuna six inch tuna sandwich with pickles and avocado toasted I could, I could tell you my exact fucking order and so could that guy at that 24 hour subway in manhattan in hell's kitchen i know you still know me <laughs> and i will say that straight up even the smell of the subway sandwiches the bread you know exactly what i'm talking about will still trigger like deep depressive <laughs> memories like every time i see one i'm like I see you, baby. Like, thank you for your support. 
so happy that you waited to get my reaction live for this because that's the realest shit I've ever heard. I know. And the crazy thing about it is that I haven't had it since that era of my life ended. I will likely never have it again. I'm going to be totally real. I probably won't. That's another example. You are not alone. The only reason Subway even is in business is because of the depression among youth. It is like your first wave into therapy. (laughs) Honestly, again, shout out to Subway. You're really carrying a generation. You're really carrying a generation. I'm so glad I waited too. You guys don't even understand how many times. So me and Brittany talk on the phone every day. We see each other at least once a week, but we talk every day on the phone. And you don't know how many times I've been like, because I hate surprises, where I've been like, can I just tell you? Like, I want to tell you. And you were like, no, save it for the episode. That's incredible. Isn't it? Isn't it? I knew. I was like 90% sure that you were going to freak and also have had a subway era. But then I was like, what if she can't relate? That's going to be so lame. That's insane. I actually really need you to send me that subway sandwich in the in the middle of the day, but like in the dark, in my living room, under a blanket on my sixth hour of watching Real Housewives. Yeah. I remember the days that like I was so depressed I didn't want to eat, but I still would make room for Subway. (laughs) (laughs) This is so not an ad. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, well, thanks, Brittany, for coming on. This was great. Oh, my God, of course. Moral of all of this is that, you know, our lives are meant to fall apart so that we can rebuild. You're not alone. And I think the way you handle life these types of situations, Thanksgiving, Christmas, breakup season is through gratitude. Yeah. Keep it right. Keep it tight. Keep it right. Keep it tight. I can't believe we just had this full discussion with these ears on. Those are legs. (laughs) Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. I I do want to say Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. It really is the only holiday that I feel like gratitude is at the center of I think like all the other holidays are a little bit selfish that's fine um but like gratitude is the basis of Thanksgiving so I'd encourage everyone to just like really spend the next week trying their best to find I don't know gratitude and everything love your life and love the people around you yeah yeah well love you all make sure to um leave a review for the podcast if you enjoyed this episode or if you also indulged in subway happy Thanksgiving Woo. woo Are you coming to pick me up? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Since Brittany doesn't have a car, I'm leaving this in. (laughs) Oh, my God. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I hope you leave here feeling motivated and inspired. Do not forget to rate and review the pod on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And don't forget to follow How I See It Pod so you can keep up with podcast updates and see who's coming on next. And if you're not already, come join the fam and follow at How Hand Sees It. Thank you, guys. <laughs>